We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 134 of the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Got a packed show for you guys. I break down the Gamecocks 24-7 win over the Kentucky Wildcats. I'll give my thoughts on the game. Offense, defense, special teams, the whole deal. South Carolina finally ending the losing streak to Kentucky in that 24-7 win. Uh, also, some news and notes to get to, your listener questions and voicemails as well. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Tanny Hills Group Therapy. Yes, Tanny Hills Group Therapy, the oldest bar in five points, owned by legendary USC quarterback Steve Tannehill. They've got great specials for you guys, including Taco Tuesday, Wing Wednesday. They're perfect if you're a local here in Columbia and you want to grab a bite to eat, or if you're in town for the game day, or if you just want a fun night out on the town, Tanny Hills is the way to go. Again, that's Tanny Hills Group Therapy, located down in Five Points. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show Center. All right, I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, the streak is finally over. Gamecocks in their ugly losing streak to the Kentucky Wildcats by securing a 24-7 win Saturday night at Williams-Brice Stadium. Let's talk about it, guys. The streak's finally over. Thank goodness the streak is over. Before I actually dive into anything, anything before I actually dive into everything really quickly, want to touch on some housekeeping items. As you guys probably heard, I want to go ahead and just up front apologize no guests on today's show. My guest actually Sunday afternoon had to cancel last minute, and I was unable to scramble and find around somebody else that was available. So won't happen again, shouldn't happen again, but kind of a freak thing. I do want to say I apologize, and again, won't happen again. Um, so thank you guys for understanding. Uh, also, I want to say thanks to everybody who said hello at game day on Saturday, the Kentucky game. There were a lot of fans uh, that shouted out to me. That it's funny how many people call me the Spurs Up guy. Uh, but everybody that said hello, everybody who took time to stop and take pictures or talk Gamecocks football or just show their appreciation for the show, it, it does not go unnoticed, and I really, really do sincerely appreciate it. So thank you to everyone who took the time to say hello. Obviously, the Spurs Up show would be nothing without Gamecock Nation. I appreciate Gamecock Nation very, very much. Also, if you haven't done so, click the pause button right now. Go to whatever outlet you're listening to this on, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever outlet you listen to the Spurs Up show on. Go leave a review for the podcast if you don't mind. Leave five stars, write out a review, leave some feedback. If there's something that you want to see that maybe I'm not doing, if there's something that you enjoy, let me know. Like I said, wherever you're listening to the show, click the pause button, 
go leave that review. It actually helps boost up the podcast, helps other people find the show, and helps spread the word of the Spurs Up show. So I really, really do appreciate that. You guys have done a great job with that and have really helped me out. So I really appreciate that. Like I said, let's talk about Kentucky. It's funny. We don't have a guest on the show, but that gives us even more time to talk about Kentucky, to talk about your questions, your voicemails. There's a lot of thoughts on this game. Obviously, the Gamecocks finally, it finally happened. It finally happened. The Gamecocks broke the streak. It's over. We don't have to talk about this ugly losing streak to Kentucky anymore. South Carolina really dominated this football game, 24-7. to um, Was able to go back on Sunday afternoon and actually watch the football game. I'll go over the team stats here really quickly. Because, um, I mean, I think they do tell the story. I mean, South Carolina dominating every statistic. 21 first downs to nine for Kentucky. Gamecocks were five for 15 on third down. Kentucky just two for 15. Wildcats were 0 for two on fourth down. Gamecocks led with total yardage, 387 to just 212 for Kentucky. Um, Gamecocks with 140 passing yards, 97 for Kentucky. Um, Gamecocks rushing. This was the big story here. 247 yards on the ground for South Carolina. Um, 115 yards rushing for Kentucky. And for South Carolina, two backs over 100 yards. First time that's happened in an SEC game since 2001 with Rico Dowdle and Tavian Feaster both hitting the century mark on the ground. Simply put, I mean, you can watch this game because a lot of people have been asking me, you know, it, was this a case of do you think that Kentucky maybe just isn't a very, very good team? Or did we make Kentucky look that bad? And all I'll say is this, guys. Without looking ahead of the Georgia game, without looking ahead to the rest of, of the season even, and just sitting there on Sunday, and really kind of the bye week comes at a perfect time because thank goodness we as South Carolina fans have something to feel good about as we go into this bye week. But you did what you had to do. You came in this game. We all knew this was the one you had to have. Will Muschamp and company, this program, this team, absolutely could not afford to lose this game. And this was the win you had to have. And South Carolina went out and did it and did what they needed to do. I talked about before the game on Friday or on Thursday show, if you will. But I talked about my keys to the game. And I thought, you know, winning at the point of attack, winning on the line of scrimmage, being the more physical team and setting the tone, that was going to be something that was going to go a long way in, in, in this game. You know, because Kentucky, obviously, in the series, the last five years had physically whipped South Carolina. I think you could look back to that and say why Kentucky had had so much success over the Gamecocks. I thought South Carolina did a phenomenal job. As they really did set the tone from the beginning. And, again, I loved the offensive game plan. I loved the philosophy. I really would like to see that implemented for every game here on out this season. Obviously, you're not going to be able to run for 247 yards on everybody you play, especially not the likes of Georgia, Clemson, probably A&M, stuff like that. But I just loved the mindset is that South Carolina, like to me, was a team that's like, you know what, we're going to go out there. We're going to force the issue. We're going to run the football. We're going to be the more physical team. We're going to hitch up to Kentucky to respond, not respond at all. They had no answer for South Carolina all night on the line of scrimmage offensively or defensively. I, again, I, I loved the game plan. You know, starting looking on offense. I, I, I thought that, you know, listen, Ryan Holinsky's stats were not through the roof. It's 15 for 27 for 140 yards. But this kid is a true freshman. I thought he made a lot of good throws. Um, you know, he looked more like himself, like we saw in the Alabama game. Obviously, the stats don't reflect that, but he looked a lot more like himself to me. He didn't like the guy at Missouri that was shook. I think we would all say was hurt. A lot of people act funny. It's funny. We're hitting me up and say they still don't think he's 100% healthy. Listen, I know. And he had a perfect time before you had a really crucial stretch, in my opinion, with Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. But overall, I, I thought he looked much more to form. And listen, he is a true freshman. He's going to miss some throws. He's going to make some mistakes. But the Gamecocks played to – to their personnel. You are a team, and you are a team with two very, very good running backs. At this point, two very capable backs. 
I mean, again, I loved the offensive game planster. 15 carries for Dowdle. Dowdle had a catch for 23 yards as well. Uh, Feaster had two catches for 12 yards. So each guy touching the ball 16 and 17 times respectively. But football needs to be about that. You know, this is a team you know who, what it's bad at, what it's wanting to do even. Here is your, here's your game plan. Again, just based on the opponent, and I completely understand that. You're not going to go to run the football like best bet on offense. Try to force the issue. Force the issue with running football. I saw a lot – I'll be honest. I saw a lot less of the RPO type game. And maybe they were on no, but it felt like to me there were a lot more just called offs. And I thought that that made a difference to me. That really made a dim. And again, I could be just looking too far into it, but it felt like there were a lot more actual runs called versus the pass option where Helinski is making the decision. I think right now with South Carolina, with having a true freshman quarterback, it's better to just make things simple. Just make things simple. Obviously, we know he's a guy with a superior arm talent, can make all the throws, the things that he's. We've already seen him do. But you have two extremely capable backs in the backfield. You've got an offensive line that I think is a little bit underrated. We know the job Eric Wolford's done with that offensive line. And I just liked the mindset, the tenacity. I mean, that's exactly what South Carolina needed to do to come out and win that football game. They did exactly what they had to do, which was be the more physical team in the trenches. One thing I do want to say before I dive too far and everything else, because obviously I was in the stadium Saturday night. I mean, tip of the cap to Gamecock fans. Tip of the cap. Because – you would have never known from the crowd, from the atmosphere, everything, this is a one-in-three football team that had been struggling or that this was a one-in-three football team that had been struggling. I mean, the game day atmosphere was amazing. You get in the stadium, atmosphere was incredible. 2001 was awesome. Sandstorm, everything. I mean, I thought it was extremely loud at williams Bryce Saturday night. Tip of the cap, pat yourself on the back if you're a Gamecock fan and you were in the stadium because that was a fantastic environment. And I think it certainly made a difference for the South Carolina Gamecocks and in that game. There's no doubt in my mind. It's, it's funny. I was telling my brother this. It's such a crazy difference. I mean, we don't have a huge sample size or anything, but the way this team plays at home versus on the road, I mean, that home field advantage is a very real thing. And I'll tell you what, I think it's going to be kind of blasphemous if we don't wear those black Magic jerseys for every single home game because we, we seem to have a different type of energy when we put those on as well. Again, it probably is just pure coincidence, but – those, that's by far South Carolina's best combo. Those jerseys are super, super fresh. Love them. Um, but, yeah, jumping back into on-the-field stuff, I mean, I just thought the offensive philosophy, I, I loved what I saw. Again, are there going to be some games where you've got to ask Ryan Helinski to do a little bit more and obviously make some third-down conversions? Yes, when you, go to, when you go to Athens in two weeks and, you know, you take on Florida, you take on A&M, you know, for sure when you take on Clemson, you know, there are going to be times where you're, you're just not going to be able to run the football like that. You're not going to be able to bully the person on the other side of you. But I think being stubborn in the run game, I think being stubborn in the run game, again, we talk so much about this being an offense, a team that was really just, what is its identity? A team looking for its identity. They were very unsure, right? We were all unsure. That needs to be the identity of South Carolina football. I'm not talking about even this, this 2019 team. I would love to see that become the identity of South Carolina football. Like, we're going to come out. Listen, we know we can throw it, and we've got playmakers on the outside. But we're going to come out, we're going to establish the run. We, get, we have good backs. We don't care if you stop us the first drive or the second. We're going to be stingy with it because we know at some point we're going to continue to grind you and grind you and grind you. And eventually we're either going to break one or we're going to wear you down. Because, again, you have got the backs to do it. I mean, hey, again, another tip of the cap, Rico Dowdle. I mean, this dude has just been on a mission since day one. You know, I, it's – a lot of people were thinking that Tavian Feaster was just going to take every carry this year. Heck, I was one of them. I, I didn't know what to expect from Rico Dowdle. And 
you know, it's funny. I heard from some of my sources in the preseason that Rico Dowdle had looked like a different type of player in the preseason since Tavian Feaster got on campus. The, the, old, the old adage, iron sharpens iron. It, it's more than a, than a slogan. It, it's a real thing. I think the addition of Tavian Feaster, every time Rico Dowdle touches the football, he acts like he's got something to prove. And it's great, obviously, to see it all kind of working out with him being healthy, knock on wood. But him being healthy, him having this competition, I think Feaster and Dowdle will really feed off each other. And the South Carolina running game was absolutely clicking on all cylinders Saturday night. And that is just something, again, you love to see. And, again, when you've got – like going back to what I was saying, with the offensive philosophy, when you've got two guys like a Feaster, like a Dowdle, that are as capable as they are – and you know, I, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're Travis Etienne or they're DeAndre Swift, but you have two very, very capable backs. Two guys who are very solid backs. Again, I'm not taking anything away from them, but realistically, I mean, they're probably a B-plus running back. But either way, when you've got two guys like that that, again, feed off each other, you've got to get the football in their hands. And South Carolina did a fantastic job at that on Saturday night. I thought Ryan Holinsky played fairly well. Obviously, he could play better. But listen, he is a true freshman. He's not going to play like he did against Alabama every single time out. And again, I thought that he played, obviously, much better than Missouri. But he looked solid. He looked good. He made a lot of good throws. He made a lot of throws when South Carolina needed him to make throws. A lot of big third down throws. I know he had some nice completions to Shai Smith, Brian Edwards. You know, Josh Van had a nice catch and run after the catch. So, I thought Ryan Linsky did his job. I thought he did good. Again, I don't want to say anything like game manager or anything like that, but I thought Ryan Linsky, especially as a true freshman, that's the type of game plan they need to have is, listen, we're not going to go ask you to go out there and win the football game. We know you can. We know that you've got the – the arm talent. We know you've got the moxie. I mean, this is a kid doesn't play like a freshman. We know that. Yeah, everybody probably saw the video after the game of him leading prayer in the student section. I mean, this is a kid that is mature beyond his years. No question. The Gamecocks, I can say, are lucky to have him as their starting quarterback and have him as their starting quarterback for the next couple of years. But I think right now, especially early on in his career, almost protecting him in a sense where unless you get into a situation, again, like you're playing Georgia and it just gets to a situation where, hey, we cannot run the football. We're going to have to throw it. And if, if, if you see an area, obviously, where you can expose a defense. And, again, I, I'm Brian McC I, I don't know more about offense than Brian McClendon. So, the things that I'm saying, he already knows. But as a South Carolina fan, I think we should all embrace this offensive identity. I love that offensive identity. Again, was it the most exciting? Was it the most thrilling? Maybe not. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying that that game – I had some people tell me that was one of the most boring games they've ever watched. And, hey, but like I said on Saturday night, you know, I, I said, you know, tomorrow we can complain. Tomorrow we can um, tomorrow we can worry about the rest of the season. We can worry about Georgia. We can worry about some of the things when we, we didn't do that great. But tonight we can finally say that this losing streak to Kentucky is finally over. And that, my friends, is a beautiful, beautiful feeling and a step in the right direction for this Gamecocks football program. Let's talk about that defense, man, because that defense – Whew, that defense. I, that, that was I, – I think it, you'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that will argue with you when you say that's – that's got to be the best defensive performance of the Will Muschamp era. And, listen, I, I do want to say this really quickly, that I do want to acknowledge that Kentucky is not a juggernaut of any sorts. Kentucky's got issues. Kentucky's got major issues on the offensive side of the ball. I think you saw a guy in Sawyer Smith like a deer in headlights outside of Lynn Bowden. They really don't have any other true playmakers. But the Gamecocks defense did what it should, what it needed to do, and the Gamecocks defense did what you would expect a, a, a top-level or SEC-level defense to do to a team like Kentucky, who lost so much from a year ago, lost its starting quarterback, and it itself even is looking for an identity. Um, 
the Gamecocks defense was phenomenal. Defensive line, I, I think you take a look at the Gamecocks defensive front. You know, that defensive front's legit. Let, let's just go ahead and throw that out there. Javon Kinlaw is going to be a first-round draft pick. There's absolutely no question. He's been playing out of his mind. Um, I thought it was great to see DJ Wanham, a guy that I think is still super underrated in the conference. He had a really, really good night. Had a couple of sacks for South Carolina. Aaron Sterling got in on the fun. I thought you saw some really great progress out of some young guys. Obviously, we all already know about Ernest Jones, but I think he continues to develop as a football player. Ernest Jones, a a, a really, really solid linebacker for the Gamecocks. A guy like Jamar Brown, who <laughs> forced <laughs> he forced the freak fumble where he basically kicked it out of the quarterback's hands. But hey, either way, screw it. It's it's a turnover in the books. But uh, a guy like Jamar Brown, I think, continues to develop. The secondary played much, much better. And, again, you take into account the competition, whatever, what have you, the quarterback. But either way, give credit where credit's due. The secondary played much better. J.C. Horn should have had his first interception of his career, but Sherrod Green basically knocked it out of his hands on accident where they collided. Uh, Israel McQuamu played really tough in the secondary. Jamie Robinson played very, very well, a guy who looks really, really good to be a true freshman. Um, you know, overall, just a great performance from the Gamecocks defense top to bottom. And, again, I've been super critical of them. I've been super critical of Will Muschamp because that's his side of the ball. His side of the ball came to play on Saturday night. No question. No question. Because I'll be honest with you guys, the game went about how I expected. But I didn't expect the Gamecocks defense to dominate the way they did. I thought they had the opportunity because, listen, I came into the game thinking to myself that Sawyer Smith – I mean, if Sawyer Smith dices you up defensively, You've got bigger issues than you even thought you did. Um, so I thought the Gamecocks had defensively, honestly, had an opportunity to have success. I mean, I really thought they did, but I wanted to see it before I believed it. And they certainly went out and proved it on Saturday night, no question. I mean, that, that, was, that was a dominating performance from top to bottom. Uh, real quick shout-out as well to special teams. Joseph Charlton's a freaking beast. This guy just drops bombs left and right. Um, I mean, he had – he had a couple punts down inside the five. He had another punt that should have been down inside the five that was really, really close. Joseph Charleston, I talked about in the offseason how underrated he was. A weapon, a weapon for the Gamecocks on special teams. But, but this game overall, you know, just taking a look at it from a big-picture perspective. Because, again, you know, it's funny. A lot of people right after this game, you know, let's talk about Georgia. Let's talk about Georgia because, you know, that's Game, Gamecocks' next game, after, obviously, after the bye week. But – I want Gamecock fans to just sort of sit back and just kind of just just enjoy this one. Soak this one in a little bit because it's been a long, long, long losing streak. And for the Gamecocks to go out there and really just take care of business and dominate Kentucky and win this thing from the opening snap and to be the more physical team and do all the things that we said they had to do, it just it's such a satisfying feeling. And, again, it, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it – it's just so nice that we don't have to wake up. We didn't have to wake up on Sunday, and we don't have to wake up on Monday morning and talk about losing another game to the Kentucky Wildcats in football. Um, so a huge win. I mean, obviously, again, this was one, you know, a lot of people were saying that, oh, the game was boring or it was sloppy or, you know, if we had a good coach, we'd have won 35-7. to seven. And listen, I, I'm – people have asked me how, how – every week people ask me, how do you feel about Muschamp? Does one game change everything? Certainly not. It certainly doesn't. Do I still think do – I, do I think that because we beat Kentucky that Will Muschamp's all of a sudden Nick Saban? No, I do not. I still think they're – South Carolina's got issues. I think there are things that South Carolina needs to get figured out. I think the Gamecocks beat a bad Kentucky team. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Kentucky's all that great, especially without Terry Wilson. And, you know, we, we, we just saw them on Saturday night. But 
this is just one you had to have. Whether you won three to nothing or you won 50 to nothing or you, you whatever. However you won this football game, you had to go out and win this football game. And this is a big win for Will Muschamp, this program, that locker room especially. Um, tip of the cap, the seniors, again, the guys on defense. Um, to get that, you know, I said on social media, that wildcat-sized monkey off your back. Um, it, it's a good feeling. And, again, it, it's – Especially, you talk about guys like Donnell Stanley, who said during the, the during the uh, the week, you know, he's been there. He's been there for the entire losing streak. So for him to finally beat Kentucky his senior year, um, and again, however it happened, you had to have this win. The Gamecocks do that, twenty four to seven winners. You know, I, I, I really thought that South Carolina just played really, really well in all facets. I mean, again, things could have been a little bit cleaner, a little bit better offensively, um, but but I really thought that the Gamecocks did what they needed to do to secure a big victory for South Carolina. One other thing I do want to mention again, I don't think it can be said enough, but the atmosphere at Williams-Brice Stadium was just phenomenal. I mean, it, it really, really – it was as good an atmosphere. And, again, it makes me think to myself – I put this out on social media. There should never be a game that's not a night game at Williams-Brice. It's just a completely different environment at night. And I mean, again, to have a crowd over 80,000, basically a sellout, um, for a team that, again, had been struggling. You know, it, this, this game could have easily been 70,000 people, not a great crowd, not a very, uh, you know, into it crowd, if you will. I, I, was just, I was just blown away and impressed. I, I wasn't surprised necessarily because I know Gamecock fans, most loyal fan base, best fan base in the entire country. But I was just so impressed. And, you know, watching the, the TV replay Sunday afternoon, I, I mean, it just – it just it jumped off the screen. It really jumped off the screen just how great the atmosphere was for the Gamecocks. And, again, I, I, it made me proud to be a South Carolina Gamecocks fan, the way that the South Carolina Gamecocks fan base showed up and showed out and really made it just an extremely, extremely tough environment uh, for the Kentucky Wildcats. But, yeah, huge win. Obviously, in the street, 24-7 to win, dominating-type performance. Again, are there issues with this South Carolina football team? Yes. There are some issues, no doubt. There are issues. There are things that need to be cleaned up. There are things that need to be fixed. You know, this one game doesn't determine or make this entire season. But in a way, it did. <laughs> because this, this was the must win. This was the game that I talked about. You could not justify you had this program going in the right direction if you lost to Kentucky. And the Gamecocks finally put an end to that streak. And, uh, again, really – Gave themselves some much-needed positive momentum going into the bye week. And then, again, what is setting up as a pivotal, pivotal three-game stretch against Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee, in my opinion. So, should be should be interesting to see. Getting to some news and notes, then we'll talk uh, your questions and voicemails. News and notes. Uh, Rico Dowdle. Update on Rico Dowdle. Expected to be okay for the Georgia game. I know you guys that were watching, which is probably everyone if you're listening to this podcast. You saw him go down with the ankle. Will Muschamp updates on his call – or his uh, – his media availability Sunday night. The Rico Dowdle walking without a limp should be good to go. We'll probably start practicing again Wednesday, but should be good to go for UGA. So again, I know we've all been led astray by uh, by injury reports before, so I don't want to get too too excited. But uh, that is good news to hear that at least he's walking without a limp and it should be good to go and get back to practice on Wednesday. Also, Will Muschamp did update us. Dylan Wanham, the offensive lineman, tackle for the Gamecocks, out for a few weeks uh, with an ankle. Uh, Will Muschamp said he was very surprised that Dylan Wanham didn't have a broken ankle. So, 
you know, we'll see. Obviously, that one hurts because Wanham, you hate to lose offensive line depth, and Wanham's a guy who's played really, really good football for South Carolina and a guy that will continue to play really good football for South Carolina. But, uh, you know, hopefully it's something where he can come back. I mean, I think, you know, if he's out long enough, you might have to even look at the potential of redshirting a guy like that because, again, you don't want to waste his 2019 season. So, again, i got a couple of voicemails here. got a couple of questions. I'll start with a text. I don't know if you guys knew this, but you can actually text as well at that number, 843-790-3377 is the Spurs Up show call-in or text line, if you will. I'll start with this text here. It says, hey, my name is Blake, uh, Blaine from Lake City, South Carolina. My question for the Spurs Up show is this. What do you expect to see from our offense after the week off and coming back to face Georgia? What improvement should we expect with an extra week off to sharpen our offense? I think the biggest thing that comes with the week off is just getting healthy. I, I, that's the biggest thing. I, I, I'm excited in the sense, listen, I, I'll tell you right now and I'll spoil it for you. I don't think South Carolina goes into Athens and beats Georgia. But what I do think is the bye week is coming at a perfect time, again, in the sense that you have a massive – obviously, you've got a pivotal – three-game stretch, and just every game from this point is pivotal for South Carolina because you're still trying to make a bowl game. It's pivotal for the Gamecocks to, to, to win as many games as they can. So just to get healthy, um, you know, I'm sure there's things they'll work on in the bye week. And obviously having a bye week, having two weeks to get ready for a team is a, is a great thing. But bigger and more important to me, you know, I think just getting healthy, getting everyone back on the same page, you know, letting everyone be 100% when you go into that game against Georgia, I mean, it's only going to help South Carolina. So that's obviously a big thing, I think. And that's what I think is most important from the bye week. All right, let's get in these voicemails here. Got a couple of voicemails I want to run through. Spurs up show. It's fans from Columbia. I was an angry fan calling in last week, but I think we look solid there over Kentucky. A couple of miscues here and there, but overall I thought Ryan looked great. And overall, if you're talking to the show and the podcast is coming week, is how we prepare for Georgia. That's our big one coming up. I want to think what your takeaways were and, and where we're going to miss against a much better team than Kentucky. Have a great game, y'all. Go Cox. All right, Vance, appreciate you calling in, my man. Yes, I mean, obviously, again, everybody wants to talk about the Georgia game already, which is completely fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking ahead to it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the competition is going to step up immensely when the Gamecocks take on Georgia. Now, listen, I think Kentucky's got some solid guys up on the defensive front and the offensive front, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the level of competition is going to take a significant significant jump up uh, two weeks from now when the Gamecocks go between the hedges. Again, I, I – while I understand that and I know that the competition is going to take a big step up, I don't want to see the Gamecocks change all that much. I mean, obviously throw in some different plays, throw in some trickery maybe. I don't know. Throw in some different looks, if you will. But I love that offensive identity. I love the identity of, you know what, we're going to try – we're going to run the football, period. We are going to run the football. Because our guys, we've got Rico Dowdle, we've got Tavian Feaster. Because, see, what happened in Missouri is what I don't want to see happen again, which is those guys get, what, six or seven touches each. These are guys that need to touch the football 12 to 15 times each every game, in my opinion. And maybe more if you're being successful on the ground. Again, we know that Ryan Linsky, we know the things that he can do in the passing game. We know he is an exceptional arm talent. We get that. But I just like the identity of, you know what, we're going to play Gamecock football. We're going to run the football. We're going to let it open up the pass. And we're going to be stingy with that run game. We've got some good offensive linemen. We've got two good backs. We're either going to wear you down or we're going to hit a big run. And if we can't do that, we will, we will throw it because we can throw it. We'll mix in play action as well. We're going to mix in different looks. 
But I want to see South Carolina continue to run the football. I want to see South Carolina continue to push the run and be stingy in the running game. I think in the long run, that's going to be that's going to be most beneficial for South Carolina. It's going to give them that identity that I think they've just completely been lacking on the offensive side. Um, so, again, we'll see. But, Vance, appreciate you calling in. Obviously, there will be a lot more thoughts on Georgia as we get into next week. But, uh, no, I appreciate the call, man, for real. Uh, let's go to our next voicemail here. Chris, it's John Spurs up USC. Had a blast tonight, brother. Uh, game's over. Feel good. Streak is finally over. And everything seemed to click tonight. I felt like Ryan looked good. I felt like Freak Hill looked good until he got hurt. Feaster stepped up. Shy and, Brent and uh, Brian Edwards both looked good. I feel like the team finally came together tonight, offensive and defensively. So, go Cox. Excited for next week. Well, thanks game. Go Cox. John, appreciate the voicemail, man. And my man, it was a blast to finally get to meet up with you with Shropshire at the tailgate. Everything was awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. Appreciate the hospitality. Uh, it was awesome that we both got to meet TK Oriental. Shout out to TK Oriental on the podcast. That was awesome. I know you guys saw the video, but John, appreciate you, uh, you and your hospitality. You had a blast. I mean, let's definitely do it again. But uh, no, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I like your thoughts. I mean, again, I, I, I like your thoughts on everything. And I think that uh, there is a lot to be excited about. I think they're definitely positives to take away from that Kentucky game. And again, I think the biggest ones come from the Gamecocks. I mean, you run for 274 yards. I don't care who it's against. But the fact that this South Carolina team has even shown the ability to run the football. I mean, you know, I don't really remember a time in the Muschamp era where we've shown even the ability to run the ball like this, even against the lesser competition. So for South Carolina to go out there in an SEC game and rush for 274 yards, I, I thought was fantastic. And it was fun to watch. I know it made a lot of South Carolina fans smile and a lot of South Carolina fans, you know, very optimistic for what's to come. But, yeah, John, appreciate the voicemail, man. Hey, guys. Vance from Columbia again, also known as the Bernie Bear. I uh, left the voice message earlier, but I just want to know y'all's take on the running game. I thought we did a much better job. Giving Tavion and Rico more carries and how we're going to translate that into the rest of the season. Love the work, boys. Keep it up. Go Gamecock. Vance, appreciate it. Two voicemails this week from Vance. How about that? Huh? But, uh, no, Vance, just continue the running game. And kind of going back to what I said at the beginning of the show, you know, one of the things that I liked the most, and I talk about this a lot, is with the RPO offense, which is we've heard that term over and over and over again with RPO, run pass option, all this stuff. The most, one of the most frustrating things, at least for me, and I'm sure for everybody else, is in that RPO offense when you have Coach Muschamp or somebody telling you that, well, we had 17 runs called, but it's up to the quarterback to pass. Like, I like more so, like, dude, let's just call the run. Like, I get audibling out of a bad play. I get that. But especially when you have a true freshman quarterback, that RPO system, it takes a very experienced, disciplined quarterback to run that because – Listen, if I'm a quarterback, I want to throw the ball. I mean, I want to throw it. I don't necessarily really even want to hand it off. So, it just takes a very disciplined quarterback to kind of sacrifice his statistics, if you will, for the better of the team, to give the ball off, to take the run when it's there. I thought you saw a South Carolina team, though, and again, I could be completely wrong, but I saw a lot more what looked like just straight-up called runs to me. And it just – it felt, and again, I, I talked about it earlier, I could be looking too far into this, but it just felt like to me that when you call the run, 
when you just make that call and everybody knows we are running the football, period, point blank, it just feels like there's so much more of a commitment to running the ball. There's more of a conviction. You know, it's like baseball when, when you call a pitch, when you're a pitcher and you call a pitch and you throw that pitch with conviction, that pitch is going to be thrown a lot better than a pitch where you're like, I don't know if I should throw this or throw that or I'm unsure. Like, this relates to anything in life, right, when you do something with conviction versus when you're unsure of yourself. It just seemed like we ran the football with a lot more conviction. Like, we got at the line of scrimmage saying, you know what, I'm going to hit you in the mouth, I'm going to hit you in the mouth, I'm going to hit you in the mouth, and my running back's going to run in for a touchdown. And that just – that felt like the mentality. And, again, it was the mentality we had to have in this football game. But that felt like the mentality to me, and that's something I want to see a lot more of. Again, I don't care who the competition is. We go up to Athens, same thing. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. I got you. Let's just play that way. Just play that way and be stingy in the running game. Again, South Carolina was a lot more stingy in the running game against Kentucky, and it's something that I want to see continue. I don't want to see South Carolina go against Georgia. Well, the first five runs didn't work, so we're going to abandon it. No. You've got two very capable backs. You've got to get the football in their hands. Give them an opportunity. Again, Throw it when you got to throw it. Hey, throw it when it's there. But establish the run. Establish the run. Be stingy with it. And I like to believe they will continue to do that. Obviously, we'll see. We don't know. But I'd like to believe that they are going to do that and stick with that mindset and that philosophy. Hey, Chris. It's Dale from Edgefield. Um, good game yesterday. Good bounce-back performance after the tough loss in uh, at Missouri. But um, – you know, I'm, I'm still not sold on, on the coaching staff, and then maybe I'm the only one who still thinks that. But but Kentucky Kentucky is awful. They they were they struggled. That that quarterback that they got, you know, it, it was kind of kind of funny to me that they said he came there to just be a coach, and well, he got thrown to the to the wolves <laughs> in the middle of the season. But uh. You know, our defense did look good, but it, then again, their offense was just that bad. He couldn't throw it in the ocean if he was standing on a boat, I don't believe. But um, we'll know a lot more about this team in, in two weeks when we got to travel to Athens. And uh, I got a bad feeling about that one. Then, then we got to play Florida, and I got a bad feeling about that. I just, I don't know. I, it's been such a roller coaster up and down. You, you heard Muschamp yesterday what he said in the press conference about how it's been a, it's been a cruddy fall for, for lack of better words. Uh, uh, his wife's tired of being around a loser. Well, I think, I think his wife represents the fan base. You know, they're kind of tired of being around <laughs> And um, we really need to win a couple games coming in down the stretch that, that we're probably not supposed to win. Obviously, we're going we gonna to beat Tennessee. They're awful. We, we need to be out of state. I'm not going to say we're going to, but we need to, but um, Holinsky said about that game. Uh, Dowdle, Dowdle's proven himself number one running back. That's uh, that was a big surprise to me. I kind of expected he's play well, but he's he struggled this year. But uh, boy, I bet I bet there was a bunch of school kids in the hills yesterday. They they about took it on the chin. So uh, hopefully, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll slip up still. Columbia come November, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. Anyways, Spurs are no call. All right, Dale, appreciate the voice from man. A lot of good thoughts. Uh, yeah, first thing, man, that Clemson-North Carolina game. 
Oh, God, I would have loved to have seen UNC pull that out. But unfortunately, they didn't. They went for two. They didn't get it. It is what it is. But, man, what a game. But uh, uh, So, you make a lot of good points. I mean, listen, I don't think you're crazy for still having your doubts on this coaching staff and, you know, just kind of what they're doing. I mean, I, I'll be on Again, like I said, I'm positive. I'm upbeat right now. I'm in a good mood. We won, thank goodness. I'm just grateful. I'm trying to keep in perspective how bad I felt after Missouri – so, I'm just happy we got the W. But, yes, in the big picture scheme of things, do I think Muschamp's still the guy that's going to get South Carolina to competing for SEC East titles at this point? I'm not sold on that. I, I still don't really trust the coaching staff, if you will. Again, I hope they continue to keep proving everybody wrong and proving me wrong. And uh, we keep winning. I mean, that, that's all everybody wants is to win. I mean, that, that bottom line, whatever your opinion is or what you think, we all just want to win, no doubt. Um but, yeah, I mean, I, the game at Georgia definitely still worries me a little bit. Well, a lot of bit, actually. Um, I already talked about I think that Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and it's funny, in the preseason, if you guys remember or go back and listen from, like, June or July, I literally said that I thought that was the most important three-game stretch of this 2019 season. I think it was because it was, it's going to tell you a lot about where just where South Carolina football is as a program in the East. You know what I mean? Are you – where are you in regards to – I think we all know Georgia's the number one team in the East. That's no question. But in regards to where Florida is, where Tennessee is, like you need to go two and one in that stretch. No question. You, you need to to show that, like, hey, we are – we're building something special here. Like, we are building. Um, and at this point, you're going to have to beat Florida to get to a bowl game because you think what you have left, you're two and three. Let's just assume you lose at Georgia. You're two and four. Um, you're going to have to – beat Tennessee Vandy app. So that's five wins. So you're gonna have to find one more win out of Florida A&M and Clemson, which I think we can X off Clemson, uh, you know, even though they looked whatever against UNC, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up yet about that one crazy amount or anything. But um, on the road at A&M or Florida at home, which, you know, are doable. Florida at home is extremely doable, in my opinion. But, um, you know, they're all pivotal at this point, obviously. Um, you know, again, I, I don't think you feel, you're crazy to think what you think about Muschamp still. I think, that, again, there were things that were left to be desired. I mean, I think a really, really, really good football team would have blasted Kentucky Saturday night, probably 42-7. to 7. I mean, it just – it would have never been close. But the Gamecocks did what they needed to do. You end the streak. You dominate in the process. Let's take it for what it is. I will, the only thing I'll say that I disagree with you on is you talked about Tavian Feaster. I think Feaster's been pretty good. I mean, listen, he. I think the expectations for Feaster were pretty high. I mean, I know I, I had high expectations. And they were just so low for Rico Dowdle that I think that how Rico has come on and, I mean, honestly, taking carries from Tavian Feaster. Because, you know, listen, if it was the Rico of old and he was injured and banged up and wasn't running like he should – Feaster would be getting all the carries, but that Dowdle has just been that good, which is a great thing for South Carolina. So appreciate the call here, Dale. Got one more, got one more uh, voicemail here. Hey, this is Hunter from Knoxville again. Um, so I was happy with that game. Uh, overall, I was happy with that game. That was I thought it was gonna be twenty four seven the other way around, so pretty good with that. Um, also it was one of my birthdays, so that worked out. But there are quite a few things wrong still. Uh, I know that the general consensus last night of the fans that I was seeing was that everything's golden, it's right as rain, and that Muschamp is the chosen one yet again. 
I don't think so. Um, that Kentucky team was the worst one that I've seen in a long time. It looked like week one Tennessee. It was really bad. Um, Sawyer Smith completed a third of his passes, hit our defenders probably more than his own receivers. Um, so we need to have more takeaways with that. Um, but defense, pretty well. Defense did pretty well. Uh, offensively, we're still seeing the same sputter. Um, the fact that it took us as long as it did to score 24 on them, you know, the entire game is not great. Uh, Helensky, 15 for 27 for 140. Not bad. Not, not terrible. Um, I'll take it. There's still some missed throws that he had um, and a couple of them that receivers should have made a play on. But play calling is still not great. Uh, it helped having Rico Dowdle and Tavian Feaster uh, both rush for over 100 yards. And I think that that's, I think that's the more clear thing today is that it's going to take uh, rushing for us to be any good at all. Um, but I'm still very much concerned. Uh, thank God we have a bye this week because Rico looked like he hurt his ankle. I'm not really sure what was going on with that yet. Um, but I guess my only comment is to not let Muschamp off the hook quite yet because there's still a lot of work to be done and I mean, yeah, we can beat Tennessee. We can, um, and you know, we can we can beat uh, we can actually technically beat Texas A&M uh, if if we play well enough and they play bad enough. There's a couple of iffy games, but I still I'm still not bought in on the program yet. And if anything, Kentucky lost that game. We didn't exactly win it. All right, Connor, appreciate the voicemail, man. Hey, you know what I appreciate about that voicemail? A lot of a lot of good thoughts in the sense of, you know, just being realistic, if you will, um, having a very blunt take on it. And I agree with you on a lot of it, actually. Um, first thing I'll say is I am planning on making the trip to Knoxville. So would love to meet up. Let me know. Shoot me a DM, whatever. Let's definitely set it up. I, I've never been to Knoxville before. I'm very, very excited to make that trip for the first time ever. So definitely let me know. We'll link up. But, no, I think you make a lot of good points. And, I, and I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm sort of in the same boat that you are in the sense that, you know, it's so funny. College football is such – and really football in general, I guess you could probably say, but College football is such a week-to-week type of game, you know, in the sense that one week everything's going terrible, the next week everybody's great again, the next week everybody's terrible, the next week everybody's great again, like, and the cycle just goes on and on. I agree with you. One game does not fix all your problems. And there were still problems you could see Saturday night the Gamecocks have. And, again, it's not trying to be negative. It's just being realistic about the situation. Um, I I agree with you that that Kentucky team was – that Kentucky team reminded me of the Kentucky teams of old, I guess you could say. Just not good. I mean, just a very bad team. That, that team looked very, very bad. Again, South Carolina did what it needed to do. You snap the losing streak. You get that nasty taste out of your mouth, at least somewhat. You dominate in the process. Everybody feels good. Everybody's happy. Everybody has, at least if nothing else, we've got positive vibes going in the bye week. But I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think there were some things, you know, maybe play calling certainly left something to be desired. I think just the way South Carolina played, there are things that are still 
left to be desired. There are things that Gamecocks need to work on. Um, there's a lot that South Carolina needs to work on, I think, again. And we're, we're going to see – we're going to see that when South Carolina plays Georgia, Clemson, heck, maybe Florida. Um, so there's a lot to work on. I, again, Connor, I, I appreciate the voicemail and I appreciate your take because um, I think it's easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle as far as like, you know, getting a little bit overexcited, over anxious because you get the win and you get back in the win column, things of that nature. But you're right. There's a lot to work on. And I, I don't, I don't think that Muschamp should be left off or let off the hook yet either necessarily. And I know that's probably going to piss some people off because it's like, well, why are you talking about Muschamp? We win. Again, it's one game. you got to look at the entire body of work. I mean, I was just impressed in the sense South kind of finally won what I felt like was a true – what I felt like was a 50-50 game. You take a look – it didn't mean – I mean, South Carolina felt like was the much, much better team. But either way, three-point spread in Vegas. Like I said, the definition of a toss-up. Um, which I will say, by the way, I think the Gamecocks – I will say, I think it was the perfect time to bet on South Carolina because they were down, they were out, but they were coming back home against the Kentucky team. I think Vegas betters, Vegas sharps knew wasn't all that good, which is why I think you saw the line jump from two and a half to Gamecocks favor by three and a half because I know that surprised some people. But either way, that's, that's neither here nor there. But, but no, again, you make a lot of great points. I appreciate the voicemail there, Connor. And again, I, I think that's – it's a great win, and while it is great, while it feels good, and, you know, I, I know I'm going to enjoy it. And again, it's just nice for, hey, for me with the, with the Gamecocks podcast to have something positive to talk about and be able to talk about a win versus a loss. But I agree with you. There are things that certainly need to be fixed, need to be worked out, and I don't think Will Muschamp should necessarily, and this entire coaching staff really, should be let off the hook just because of a 17-point win over a bad Kentucky team. I agree 100%. So, um, all right, let's get into these listener questions here, and we'll wrap this thing up. Wilson Miller says, if we play like that for the rest of the season, how far could we go? I still think best case scenario, realistically, this is a 5-7 and seven team. I don't think this team gets to a bowl game. Because, listen, you're going to lose to Georgia, you're going to lose to Clemson. Those are two givens. So that puts you at 2-5. and five. I think still think you lose it to A&M. I think that puts you at 6-6. Six and six. Realistically, out of Florida, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, App State, I mean, that's the stretch right there, right? You, you, you've got to go you, – you've got to go 4-0 and there to get to 6-6. Six and six. Am, I, am I wrong? Let me make sure I'm doing my math right. 2-3, uh, and three, you go to Georgia, 2-4. and four. Let's say you beat Florida, Tennessee, Vandy, App State. So, you're 3-4, you're 4-5-4, and 6-4. Yeah, that puts you at 6-6. Six and six. You've got to win all four of those games, though. Realistically, is this team going to win all four of those games? Unless that running game sticks around and South Carolina continues to improve on all facets of the facets of the game, I'm not going to bank on it. So I think best case scenario right now, this is a five and seven team. Well, we'll say best case scenario six and six. I think realistically though, a five and seven team. And I hate to say it, but I don't think four and eight's out of the question. But either way, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being honest. I think five and seven is probably realistic at this point. Um, Anthony J. Floyd, do you think North Carolina has a good football team? I don't know if they've got a good football team because they lost to App State, but they beat South Carolina, but they almost beat Clemson. I think they've got a really good coach. I think Mac Brown's a lot better of a coach than we wanted to give him credit for. So, um, Ethan underscore thrower, thoughts on Jamie Robinson? Yeah, Jamie played fantastic. I thought he did a great job. He covered Lynn Bowden for a lot of the night, made a lot of big plays. He looks really, really good for a freshman, and I'm extremely excited. Uh, to see how he develops as a Gamecock and in this secondary. I think he's got a chance of a big-time career for South Carolina. Um, ben Smitty, 2017, do you think the O-line is the biggest weakness 
didn't give Ryan any time to throw. So Ryan definitely was under pressure um, against Kentucky. The, the passing, the pass blocking was not great. I think not having Dylan Wan in there, Dylan Wanham in there hurt that a little bit. But uh, no, I, I don't think the offensive line is the biggest weakness by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I think South Carolina's got a solid offensive line. I, I like what Eric Warford has done with that position group. But they've got to be better, no doubt. They've got to be better and give him time to throw. And um, you know, it's going to be hard for him to make a lot of good throws when he's on his back. So they got to give him time to throw. They got to keep him upright. Um, Saucy Bro 22, why does Ryan Holinsky look so limited? You know, I think it was more the offensive game plan. I, I think the game plan was to run the football and to almost be conservative, you will, and not ask Ryan to do so much for you. I could be wrong because, again, he did look healthy to me. I thought he looked healthy. You know, I, I, questioned, I questioned his health all week. Um, and, again, I think the bye week comes at a perfect, perfect time. Now, if he looks like a different player against Georgia, maybe we'll say, hey, maybe he wasn't 100% against Kentucky and definitely not Missouri. But, um, I mean, I don't know. He's a true freshman. I mean, that's the biggest thing, dude. you got to remember, this guy's still a true freshman. He's still an 18-year-old kid, you know, first year playing SEC football. There's going to be some growing pains, but the potential's there, no question. Um, let's see, Daniel Mabry, six. You think the O-line will be okay without Dylan Wanham? You know, I think they'll be okay, but obviously when you lose depth and a guy like Dylan Wano, who's a very capable player, uh, you know, it's, it sucks. It sucks. That's all you can really say. So, I, hopefully they can get him back ASAP is what I'll say. Clark SP34 with a couple of questions here. Overall takeaways from the defense from UK game, fluke, great game, or just UK sucks? Um, I think it's a mixture of all three. I, I don't – here's the thing. I, it's not a fluke. I think it's a mixture of South Carolina – played well defensively. I don't think Kentucky's great offensively, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a fluke. I mean, that South Carolina went out there and dominated. It was no fluke. Um, but I think it's a mixture of those two things. Uh, he also says, who's RB1 considering both 15 carries near same yardage? And I think going back to the run game, what's crazy, Tavian Feaster, 7.1 yards per carry. Rico Dowdle, 6.8 yards per carry. When is the last time we saw anything like that? It's just crazy. But uh, I think Rico's still RB1. I do. I think Rico Starr one now if he's injured, uh, which he shouldn't be, but if he is, that could obviously affect it. But I think Rico – it's really more of a 1A, 1B situation, I think, at this point. But, uh, yeah, I think Rico hasn't done anything to lose the starting running back job, in my opinion. His last question, if you could change one thing about the defense and offense, what would it be at this point? It's a very, very good question. Um, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. The one thing that I would change on the defensive side of the ball – I wish South Carolina had an elite, a truly elite linebacker. I think that could make a huge difference when South Carolina especially plays top-tier competition. Um, offensively, I don't really know what I would change. Before the Kentucky game, I would have honestly just said the scheme and the philosophy. So if they can do that, I feel pretty decent about it. I mean, the only other thing I would change is give Ryan Linsky more experience, but you can't give someone I – mean, that's just something that – you kind of earn as you go. That's just something you kind of you kind of do. So there's <laughs> nothing really you can change there. But uh, you know, I, I'd say just the philosophy, keeping that philosophy going, sticking with it, being stingy with the run game. I think is going to pay off for South Carolina in the long run. John underscore Wilgus underscore IV defense looked great. Need better play calling. Two weeks till Georgia. Let's see what we got. I, I know a lot of people are complaining about the play calling, and again, rightfully so. I mean, it was sort of a slow, sluggish, boring game. But I think South kind of wanted to make it that kind of game. I think they wanted to run the football. I think they wanted to be conservative. And, again, when your defense plays like South Carolina did, you can do that. So, But I agree. You're going to have to mix it up. You're going to have to be more aggressive when you take on teams like Georgia, like Clemson, you know, some of your bigger opponents that are obviously going to be a lot better than Kentucky is. 
Um, Mac Birch underscore, what's Rico Dowdle's report on his injury? Ankle should be okay for Georgia. Um, Real Josh Will 90, how well did the defense improve or did they? I mean, I, it looked like to me they're getting better. They obviously got pressure on the quarterback. I thought every, really every piece the defense played better. But again, when you take into account the competition, yes, Kentucky's not a very good offensive team, period, point blank. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. But they looked a lot better. South Carolina's defense did what it should have done against a team like Kentucky with the offensive struggles it was having. Um, Philip underscore McClary, 1347. What do we have to do to beat Georgia? We've got to run the football, maybe not exactly like we did against Kentucky because you're not going to run for 247 on Georgia, but we, we've got to be able to establish some sort of running game. Um, and we're going to have to throw the football down the field. I mean, I just know you can't – you're not going to beat a team like Georgia without throwing it down the field. And South Carolina needs to have its best game of the season defensively and make Georgia one-dimensional, if nothing else. Uh, hang in at the line of scrimmage. Georgia's going to get theirs on the ground, but hang in there, make them one-dimensional. South Carolina, run the football. When South Carolina runs the football and can stop the run, they're going to win a lot of games. That's just the key to it. Um, capped underscore way. Streak is over. Helensky's elbow still doesn't look 100%. You know, I, I could see why you say that. I mean, I, I think he looked okay. I mean, I, we'll never know. I mean, we're just not going to know. I mean, he looked fine to me, but I can understand why you would say that. Um, Jake underscore Streeter, 15. This isn't a question, but it's a hot take. We don't need a new head coach. We need a new OC. See, here's my, here is my dilemma with that. How is it that Brian McClendon one week can look like an absolute genius and the next week look completely clueless? Like, are you going to say that it's Brian McClendon has no clue what he's doing or is Will Muschamp putting his hands on the offensive game plan? Because I think it's more that Will Muschamp's putting his hands on the offensive game plan, to be perfectly honest with you. I could be wrong, but that's what it seems to me. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Justin Undershore Klimmer, how does the running game change with Rico out? I mean, obviously, Tavian would get all the carries, but I think Rico should be good, so we shouldn't have to worry about that. Grayson underscore Foster 13. What was your take on the offense after the loss last week? Um, on the law after Missouri, the offense wasn't very good. <laughs> Couldn't do anything. So obviously a lot better against Kentucky. Uh, R Manthe three. Do you think we have a better chance to beat Georgia or Clemson? You know, it's funny. I said before the season, I thought the best chance in an upset. Well, it's funny when I had Brad Crawford on, I said Clemson was the best chance for an upset. Brad said Georgia. Um, and I can definitely see Georgia because the way they play is going to keep you in the football game. They're, gonna, they're not going to do anything flashy like a Bama or a Clemson. They're going to run the football. They're going to do play action. So if you can sell out and make them one-dimensional, you can at least keep yourself in the game. But I don't know, man. The way Clemson's looked, I mean, it, it has been a struggle for Clemson. So, you know, at home, you think that's probably going to be a night game. There might be a shot there to do it. I, I'm not going to say that it's going to happen at all. But which do you have a better chance? Give me Clemson. Just at home and probably at night. I mean, it's, it's, this team has played different at home. You know, I think going on the road between the hedges is going to be a very, very tough task to ask this team to do. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Thomas P. 4920. Will we ever get an offense? Well, hopefully that was Saturday was the start of us building something. So, Last question here, R right 97 do you think Muschamp called the defense Saturday night? I certainly think he had something to do with it. I mean, you would have to think so. I, mean, I just – I'm shocked that he doesn't have more to do with it as it is. Like, the fact – it's – it's. I know T-Rob is his dude, but the fact that he has a defensive coordinator to me is almost kind of weird. 
Like, why wouldn't you just call a defensive play? You're the defensive guy. You're the guru. So, I feel like they probably assist. I feel like he probably assists every week, though. So, I don't know. I don't know if that made a difference or not, but appreciate the, uh, appreciate the question. And appreciate all the questions from you guys. Again, I apologize. No guests for this show. I promise you I will make up for it. The guest uh, had some scheduling conflicts. Honestly, let me – we, we kind of didn't know till last minute he couldn't come on. And, again, no biggie, no big deal. Still going to get him on the show, but uh, just could not make it happen in time for this Monday episode. So, again, my apologies will not happen again. Hopefully will not happen again. Don't hold me to that because shit happens. But forgive me that there's no guest on the show. But it was fun. We got to talk about the Kentucky game. Got to talk about a victory at Williams-Brice. Nothing better. Nothing better than a night game at Williams-Brice, especially when the Gamecocks win. Uh, but do appreciate you guys taking the time. Do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. If you haven't done so, I do want to mention our other sponsor, SeatGeek. Uh, go download the SeatGeek app. Go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Like I've mentioned many times before, they've got tickets to literally anything and everything, including all of your South Carolina Gamecocks football games and sporting events. I know basketball season's coming up, so if you need your basketball tickets, you can buy them through there as well. If you're going to get Gamecocks tickets, why not save 20 bucks off with a South Carolina Gamecocks promo code in the process, right? Uh, but they've got tickets to concerts, comedy club events, MLB playoffs, NHL, NFL, NBA. Doesn't even have to be sports, like I mentioned. If you want to go to a concert, an event, whatever, if you need tickets, Go download the SeatGeek app with a SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I am Chris Phillips. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs.